Welcome to Truth Talk, a podcast where we seek to answer questions and unravel biblical mysteries that cannot be discussed during a traditional church service. This podcast is a partnership of Antioch Baptist and Isabella Baptist Churches. On episode three, our hosts continue to look at Daniel and answer questions like how do we determine where to make our stands? And how do you begin to have godly principles? And also making choices about church, our faith, and our actions. So join us and let's talk truth. All right, good evening and welcome back to our third episode of Truth Talk. And uh, we are delighted to again have our friends from Isabella Baptist Church that are part of our panel uh, from week to week. You know, we may have other people drop in from time to time, um, but this is our this is our normal uh, panel of discussers, or for lack of a better term, I don't I know. To call us experts. Ex- yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that gets kind of scary. <laughs> we don't need anybody. We don't need letters and cards and everything about how we we could study a little more. This is just <laughs> this is real time stuff, people. Real time stuff. However, I do want to encourage people. If you have things you want to hear us talk about, again, we have the um, the email address for the church set up at abcworth1 at gmail.com. That's abcworth, the number one, at gmail.com. And send your questions there. We are happy to uh, receive any subjects that you would like us to talk about, questions that you may have. Um, we may not know the answer the week we get them, but, you know, we'll give them out to our subject matters over there, and uh, we'll be sure to um, our subject matter experts uh, then, and, and we'll we'll get out all that handled. So we're just going to jump right in this week. And... Um, I'm still kind of stuck in Daniel, which the majority, um, as, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, uh, the congregation here at Antioch is discussing um, working through the book of Daniel. So uh, we've spent a couple of weeks there, and we're in week, and we're still in chapter two. And I read. There's this great. I have a couple of good Daniel studies that I like to read, and another one that I read is um, by. I don't know if I pronounce his name right. Y'all can... Warren Wearsby. Warren Wearsby. So I was right. And um, I love to read behind um, Wearsby because he just, he really takes lofty topics, but he's able to bring them down mm-hmm. for regular people to, to digest. And his, a lot of his books have like good reflection questions at the end of it. And so this book on Daniel is called Be Resolute, Determining to Go God's Direction. And there's a good... Um, question in here that I think as we talk about Daniel and at the beginning of the book of Daniel, we have got Daniel and the three other three Hubier children, which I try to train myself not to call them by their Babylonian names. I try to. Isn't that strange how we refer to Daniel with his Hebrew name, but then we know the other three? By their Babylonian names, you know, so I try to train myself. I always underline it. So we've got Mishael, Hananiah, and Azariah. So, and they, they, had to find a way. I mean, God put them there for a purpose. So this question in here is, Daniel and his friends had to determine which parts of the Babylonian culture they could live with and which parts they should stand against. Mm-hmm. So how do we, in the United States of America, in 2020, Western culture, all of this influence that we deal with, I mean, not everything is bad, but not everything is good for you. 
So how do you determine where do you make your stand? Um, and I know that's a lot of that's individual on their own personal conviction, but surely there are some good guidelines for Christians on on how how to determine how you make that stand. Well, first of all, it appears from reading of the scripture that uh, Daniel and uh, three Hebrew children, I'll do it that way so I don't have to remember their names, um, they had good parenting. Mm. They, they, even though they were just teenagers at this time, uh, they, they had been raised with godly principles. There's no other explanation for, because when they got to uh, Babylon, they didn't have a Bible which would have been an Old Testament piece of literature at that time. And so they were living by what had been put inside of them. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's a key is if you're going to live godly in an ungodly world, and that's for every age, there's never been a godly world since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Mm -hmm. So we have to have that godliness put inside of us. Now, some of us are fortunate enough to have had that happen with good parents. I had parents that brought me to church, I tell our church, nine months before I was born mm -hmm. and uh, raised us in church. And that doesn't save you. Uh, that, that gives you a good footing, though, for some. Some rebel against that, go another way, and some take that for the blessing that it is and allow that to be a, 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 a part of it. So that, that's part of the foundation, I think, that helps. Some don't get that. And, and to me, I'm in awe of those folks. I, I hear of folks that are saved in their 20s and 30s and have lived in other circumstances. And so they didn't get that. Right. And so then they've got to, to learn the Bible, the Holy Spirit in them, and, and to get those principles. And not only do they have to get those principles, they have to get out some of those things right. that got ingrained into mm -hmm. them. And I think that's where sometimes us that we're raised in church and we know what it is to do church things, have to give some grace to some of these folks that we think they ought to be certain things and do certain things. Mm -hmm. And we see them and we may be judgmental towards those things. And we forget sometimes they've got to have some time mm -hmm. to get those things out that, that they may not have even seen yet in their lives that, that right. might not match this perfect standard that we've set up in our minds that we're doing things that also were not perfect. So, how how do you uh, how do you begin to to, uh, to to have those godly standards like uh, Daniel and th those did? I think you have to have those principles that some of us were blessed to get from childhood, or you have to get once you're saved. Those have to become part of who you are. That's what Daniel and those they were things that they knew they could do, and things they knew they couldn't do. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of conversations about this sort of thing in our home anyway um just because you know i think families are trying to just figure out how to navigate through you know we say 2020 is has been like no other year that we've had um the things that we've had to look at and face and i feel like right now a lot of people are feeling that pressure as to what what is okay and what's not okay what kind of stance our government is taking on certain issues versus how we feel about it personally or spiritually mm -hmm. And so it's a relevant question. I mean, I feel like we are definitely living in Babylon, you know. And, and, um. and how do you do it without? What Daniel had was such, and this was just one of his God-given, I believe, a, his character. 
he had such a way of dealing with people who were different than him, not being confrontational. Mm -hmm. And everything wasn't an argument. And we live in a society where you are on this, in this camp or this camp, and everything in between is fighting territory. Mm -hmm. Well, social media one blown, you know, that way yeah. out of proportion. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, going back, you know, to your question about, you know, how do we, how do we live as Daniel and the other three did? Um, I mean, you can look at that. Okay, they had to live in Babylon. Well, let's fast forward to the New Testament. Mm -hmm. They were having to live in a Roman Greco world, uh, a very idolatrous culture just like Babylon, a culture full of immorality. I mean, you, you see Paul, some of his letters, like, you know, to the Corinthians, you know, about these people who put their faith and trust in Christ, yet wanting to go back to some of their, you know, idolatrous or, mm -hmm. you know, immoral ways, and he's having to write a letter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're on the milk, mm -hmm. you should be on the meat, and having to correct some of these things because of who they are now in Christ, you know. Your life is not your own. You have been bought with a price. And, you know, we fast forward to 2020 now, and again, there's nothing new under the sun. You know, people always talk about, we wish we could go back to the old days. Uh, there's never been <laughs> right, the good right. old days. I mean, you look, at, you look at redemptive history. I mean, you go back to Moses. Um, they were trying to slaughter the innocent then. Mm -hmm. I mean, you fast forward time when Christ was born, they were slaughtering the innocents then. I, I mean, you fast forward to 2020 now, you know, it's 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 still a sin plagued world, and, but I I believe it. You know, it starts you know with Christian parents. Um, you know, with this, uh, you go back to Deuteronomy chapter six. Uh, Hero Israel, the Lord is one, the Shema, um, and uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And parents are specifically said, you fathers, you teach this diligently to your children when you're coming in, when you're going out. I mean, everything was focused on putting God number one, and we have a problem today is we're putting all these other things mm -hmm. in our life. Mm -hmm. And then, okay, here's God if we got mm -hmm. the extra time. So a lot of it is just we as adults have not purposed in our hearts That's like right. Daniel, Daniel Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm going to call them their Babylonian man because, <laughs> you know, that's what we've been taught. <laughs> They have purposed in their heart. Right. They were not That's going right. to defile themselves. You know, it, there's things in our culture that our culture does. It's not necessarily sinful. Mm -hmm. But there are, there are some places where we got to draw a line in the sand right. and say, we will not compromise this because we're not going to compromise our Lord, our Savior, and the gospel, which has, you know, saved us. That's right. And what's amazing about our young ones is they pick up on that quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, 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 they absorb that and they see what you prioritize. Mm -hmm. And if you don't prioritize the things that the gospel tells us about, mm -hmm. if you don't prioritize the word of God in your life, if you don't prioritize truth in your life, mm -hmm. if you don't prioritize church in your life, if you don't prioritize loving from a husband point of view, your wife in, in your, your life or a, a wife mm -hmm. to a husband, kids see that. Absolutely. Now they may not stand up in front of you and say, well, I, I didn't see it, but they see it and then they start 
acting that out in their life. Right. That, that, you know, and, and you, you will see that. And, and, and then parents come to me as a pastor when their kids become teenagers. And say, well, I don't know why my children don't want to come to church anymore. And they blame it on the church. Like, well, y'all don't have this program and y'all don't have that program. Mm -hmm. And the problem is this is not this program. Right. It's what happened Right. years in advance right. yeah. that now they see church wasn't a priority to mom and dad and they've got priorities in their lives mm -hmm. and church is in the way. Mm -hmm. And I think this generation of children that, that we are raising now, and I say that just because I feel like we're right there in the middle of that, um, they are a, pur a purposeful generation. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe it's just our own children, but I, f like, I feel like I, we have to teach by our actions always because they're definitely going to do what they see more than what we hear, but I feel like they have so much coming at them from so many angles that we didn't have mm -hmm. growing up that I try to be very purposeful in my conversation with mm -hmm. especially our children, but you know any of our you know church kids about why it's important. Mm -hmm. You see us do this, and this is why, why? Mm -hmm. because this is what the world and you know and we tell Marshall all the time, this is what the world is trying to teach you mm -hmm. through this, mm -hmm. and here's what we believe in our family and I want you to understand that because I don't want you to grow up one day and say well my mom and dad we did that and we went to church but I don't really know why mm -hmm. or um, you know we always did that but it doesn't mean anything to me mm -hmm. or or feeling like he has a faith that yeah. we pushed upon him yeah. that he didn't take on for himself because so many people so many young people who leave the church mm -hmm. do that because once that that security of mom and dad bringing them or that grandma who was bringing them to church is no longer there. They drift away because the purpose was not their own. It was someone else's. I like that word and that title, resolute. Mm -hmm. Like we do, we have to be resolved in yeah. certain things. Yeah. Um, and I think we're trying to raise a generation that is going to have to be revolutionary mm -hmm. at some point in time. I see that for them. And we see Marshall, you know, picking up on some of that um, because he'll, you know, he, he's at an age now where he'll be like, He'll see somebody do something. Mm -hmm. We don't. He recognized we don't do that. Right. Why do they Get to. do that? Mm -hmm. And you know, we try to explain from a biblical perspective. These are the reason we make these choices, and the reason, and, and most time it's maybe even family members of ours. You mm -hmm. know that he's picking up on that. We have chose this mm -hmm. for our family and our life because we believe there's eternal benefit, you know, or eternal consequences, right. you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, you know, yes, we love them, you know, we care for them, but, but that, that's the difference of living a, a biblical life versus a, you know, a cultural life. That's right. And I try to point out to Bailey that the results of that too, not just the eternal results, but the results that can happen here mm -hmm. from the actions that you right. take. Well, what is going see. to happen mm -hmm. uh, if you do this or if you don't do this? You know, because that's not always apparent to a young person is the result. All they see is that immediate gratification. Mm -hmm. And I would say, yeah, but let's, let's take it down the road just a little farther and see what the result of that action of it might, might result in. So. And the peer pressure they have these days, I know I'm, We've always had peer pressure. Peer pressure has always been a thing. But to do different things, the, 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 what the peer pressure is about these days are way different, even than when, when right. I was growing up. Because I mean, everything's too. instantaneous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you don't go along with this, everybody in your social circle is going to know immediately. Mm -hmm. Or if you do do this, everybody in your social, social yeah. circle is going to know immediately. 
we live in an information age where some of these now no more at seven eight years old we did it 15 years oh, yeah. old. absolutely and and and, and and that is shocking it it is crushing too mm -hmm. it crushes your heart to know that there's some that knows you know certain things because of you know and they're really not yet capable of knowing those right. things they really psychologically not ready to process, process it but it's there yes. and then you've got to help deal with that mm -hmm. yeah. so it, it it and that just goes to it it all points back to the book of Daniel is just such a good, it's so relevant. It's so relevant. Mm -hmm. It is. I mean, the Bible is always relevant. It is an, it is a, right. it is an ageless book and everything in it is as true today as it was when it was penned. Mm -hmm. But I, it just feels like sometimes there are things that resonate mm -hmm. more. And I feel like the book of Daniel is like that. And, and, and one thing you pointed out, daddy, when we were, we were listening, um, when I was listening this morning and I think you pointed out every week that we've talked to Daniel is that how, how much faith it took for Daniel and these three Hebrew children. And I'm sure that there were more faithful, not maybe not to the extent and to the challenge that, that Daniel and had the it. position for it to be made that way. And, um, but they, um, they didn't have the gift of this book mm -hmm. to know how things were going to turn out. Right. I mean, I could, today it's so hard. I, I say this all the time and it's easy to be, flippant about it and I don't mean to be but like we take our Christianity for granted because everything's kind of laid out for us clean and easy and neat in these in the pages of this leather-bound book but it for the writers of this book and for the people experiencing life during this time period um it was messy while it was they were messy it. and yeah. and so they didn't have a clean faith like I feel like Maybe maybe our faith is too clean these days. You know, we've cleaned it up too much. It's supposed to be pretty. It's supposed to sit in these four walls. It's supposed to have nice music with it. And they didn't have that. They were surely just struck out on faith, knowing that God, and or hoping that God would be faithful. Yeah, and that's that's the good of reading your Bible and the bad of reading your Bible is we read it as a complete. We've seen it from beginning to the end. We know it, but those characters that we read about... They were living that life a moment at a time. Mm -hmm. And when Daniel is uh, standing there before Nebuchadnezzar and uh, saying, oh, okay, uh, king, remember who Nebuchadnezzar was. He was an awful, mm -hmm. uh, terrible mm -hmm. king, and he had absolute power uh, granted to him at that time. And a snap of his finger, he could look at Arioch, and Arioch would take Daniel's head off mm -hmm. without question. Arioch would do it. Mm -hmm. And he says... Give me and these three uh, boys here uh, tonight to pray, and uh, I'll, I'll give you an answer. Well, Daniel was walking by faith because he, he didn't see the future. He didn't know that he was going to get didn't an know answer. God was going to give him all no, that he had no clue. He just had I mean, faith he would. that's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And all he could do was go back and say, "Boys, and I tell you, when they had prayer meeting, it wasn't Wednesday night prayer meeting at a Baptist church. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a recital. Yeah, it wasn't a recital. That's right. It wasn't a recital of the organs. I right. promise you, uh, they had serious." coming to Jesus. And I know this because at the end of it, when God reveals the answer, Daniel has a praise meeting. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's, I mean, these are some of my favorite verses in the book of Daniel. Yeah. Here, and it's in Daniel. For those who want to go back and just refresh their memory, it's in Daniel chapter 2 and it's his uh, blessing in, from verse 20 down through verse 23. And it is a beautiful mm -hmm. prayer of praise yeah. Um, yeah. from Daniel. Yeah, and so. But I think you hit the nail on the head as far as, you know, the, the general answer for, you know, how. They didn't have what we have. 
Um, the Bible says in the Old Testament, and, and, and Paul picks up on it in Romans, the just shall live by faith. Um, there, there is no difference, really, from Genesis to Revelation, what justifies a person in the sight of Almighty God. Mm-hmm. It is faith in the living God. Mm-hmm. Faith justified the Old Testament saints. Faith justified the New Testament saints. I mean, you look at the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 11 is nothing but a bunch of Old Testament, ordinary people just like us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They chose to walk by faith, beginning with Abraham. Get out of this mm-hmm. country. I mean, Abraham was a pagan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was an idolater. Mm-hmm. And he heard God speak to him. And what did he do? He, he walked by faith. Sarah walked by faith. All of them listed there, they just chose to trust God. Mm-hmm. And, and, and for us to look back on their life, you know, especially, okay, we could lose our lives. But we're going to mm-hmm. trust God, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, fast forward to the um, what, 16th century, uh, the Reformation. Mm-hmm. What was the big thing there? The just shall live by faith, mm-hmm. faith alone and Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And many of those guys ended up losing their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Martin Luther thought he was going to lose his life after mm-hmm. the, uh, the Dead of Worms, right. you know, mm-hmm. for standing on biblical truth. But, you know, and uh, you can read some, you know, read some about his life and the prayer meetings that he had with God. And like mm-hmm. Bruce said, it wasn't like heal Aunt Sally's foot or mm-hmm. this. Right. I mean, they yeah. were they were truly praying. Mm-hmm. And I, that's the key. Yeah. And so you ask, what's our problem today? Yeah. It is evident we have lived under the grace of God for the for our lifetimes and have not had to draw upon that kind of strength. And therefore we have come to the place we have because we have not availed ourselves. If we become our own stumbling block, we have allowed the being comfortable to become our own stumbling block. But that is not true all over the world. Absolutely not. There are are Christians uh, today uh, that uh, that have uh, paid an ultimate price uh, for serving God Mm -hmm. and uh, did so gladly. In some instances, there's more persecution of Christians around the world today than there ever has been, been. Yeah. in the history of the world. world yeah. the, and the, the unfortunate thing is, I think, because, of, because I do believe our, our country was founded on, um, on the blessing of God um, to, to grant some religious freedom, that we have taken that religious freedom for granted. And I can see, I don't know that I've ever believed I would see it in my time as much as I believe now because yeah. you look at the things you look at what's going on like we talked about um wednesday night in church about how um in california the state of california specifically los angeles county continues to try to find grace community church john MacArthur's church and continues to try to find um religious organizations for trying to meet and trying to worship and they have clear we have clear Freedom through our First um, the, yeah, through our amendments, mm-hmm. through our constitutional rights. That's the word I was trying to come up. And um, and they're trying to you know have some political overreach mm-hmm. to that. And so I never would have thought. And I, I read a couple of people this week commenting on social media about how well I'm glad that we live in the South. Where it's those, I mean, how oh it's coming. It, it wouldn't take yeah. but just mm-hmm. all it's going to take is one church. I mean, you know, you, one, you look at it. You know, me and one of my church members were talking about it this morning. 
whatever you see happen in California or New York, it'll eventually drift out. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the, you know, the sins that we used to think just stayed mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. that way, they're here. Yeah. And yeah. the things that we see there, it's going to start pushing on us and, and um, how are we going to deal deal with those things right. when they come? Are we going to stand? Are we going to, you know, cower down? Because, like I, I believe I said last week, most martyrs who have died for their faith, they died loving Jesus and just taking a stand, but they were labeled as enemies of the state. Mm-hmm. Right now, they're labeling John MacArthur and I forget the other church in, in a community right down the, a different mm-hmm. county. I mean, they're finding him $5,000 every time he goes in his church. Mm-hmm. And they're branding him as, look at what they're doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and all they're wanting to do is follow the biblical mandate of meeting on the Lord's day and mm-hmm. they've just him. They've drawn the line. They've said, this is something we feel God has called us to do. He has called us to assemble mm-hmm. and to worship mm-hmm. together. And that's one of the things that they have chosen to say, I'm not going to compromise. Mm-hmm. That the government, the kingdom, that's right. Whatever the context may be has said, this is how it's going to be. And if you choose to do differently, then you're violating our laws just as they did. They didn't, you know, as you get on to where you have the three Hebrew children and it's their turn to, you know, be mm-hmm. put on the spot like that. Um, you know, they, they look, I think they seriously prayed and looked at, what is this something that we really feel God has called us to and called us to do? It, if we don't do it, are we compromising the character of God? Are we compromising our own testimony? Are we compromising our own faith? And if the answer to any of those questions is yes, then you have to mm-hmm. draw your line. You have to take that resolution to... I, I mean, and you think about, and I believe, you know, what they were... Are y'all at the point, Daniel, about the, the fiery furnace? Y'all passed that. No, no, we're not. Not okay, but anyway, you know, what Nebuchadnezzar's going to draw a line, especially mm-hmm. with the golden image. Right. And, and if there, of course, you know, there's, you know, different sins outlined in the Bible, but there's two that over and over come out in the Bible, you know, from in the old and the new, idolatry and immorality. Mm-hmm. And though, I mean... Like, but those are big no-nos to God. Idolatry, you're putting another God before the one true God. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was asking them to do. Eventually, you know, bow down to this. I mean, they took a stand. I mean, the New Testament, Paul is telling people two sins to flee from, idolatry yep. and immorality, because he knows that, as Adrian Rogers would say, those sins will take you further than you want to go and keep, keep you longer, up there longer, longer than, than what you want to stay. And so I think, you know, we talk about in our day and age, well, where some no-nos that we, you know, idolatry and immorality are two where we should say no. But that's, that's two of the things still today that Satan and his forces mm-hmm. uses called just to push upon us. And, and it's those things that, again, compromise. Mm-hmm. You start compromising. The little things. What, okay, so can you do this and can you do this? I mean, I can remember a time that you would, it would never, and I don't, I don't mean this harshly, and I don't mean this as a way to judge somebody's lifestyle, but there are consequences to the decisions that you make, even if they are innocent decisions, decisions that you don't think, um, going down the road that will affect anything, but there's a reason that the the Bible says that preachers and deacons should be the husbands of one wife, mm-hmm. you know, and when you start compromising and and you have, mm-hmm. and, you, and you elect people into church positions, 
that do not fit the the biblical guidelines for that, you have you you allow doubt to enter in. You allow Satan to come into your into your midst and bubble up stuff because those are the things that are going to cause controversy and those are the kind of things that's going to cause somebody to say something and and spitefulness Open and deceit doors. it does it's just it's just an invitation well, for breakdown unfortunately today most of those things are questioned in most of the circles of religiosity not mm-hmm. a real word mm-hmm. but uh but are questioned today right. you you start talking like that in most circles today and you will be questioned well does that really you will get shut down you quick. will get shut down you mm-hmm. there is a council right. culture inside of that's some narrow-minded thinking you got of, going of, on there. Of church, right. <laughs> of church people, of the higher-up folks as you go mm-hmm. into that. There is a council culture. If you start talking some of those things, mm-hmm. you will be shut down. Back to uh, something that um, you said, and I think one of the problems, though, is America and the church made an idol of our way of government. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we began to worship the American system of government, mm-hmm. and it became an idol and that became a problem, and that's one of the reasons. We became proud of it. We did, and we began to look to it mm-hmm. to serve us and save us, rather than the God that had instituted it and gave us a, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Mm-hmm. And we put a government in the place of God, mm-hmm. and we serve government rather than God. And that's why you see so many. And this is what just concerns me these days, and living in this, you know, coronavirus time is that there are so many churches across various denominations. I mean, it's Baptist churches, um, you know, multicultural churches, everything that say, well, if the government tells us to do it, we're just going to have to do it because the government told us to do it. You know, whereas, and I I tell people, do you remember that the government is us? We elect our representatives. We is of the people, by the people, for the people. You don't make decisions for us. We make decisions for you. And I think we have allowed our system to corrupt that mm-hmm. thinking, which compromises our ability to live freely mm-hmm. and to work, which there and again leads to the compromisation or, I don't know, the compromising of our ability to worship freely. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, yep. sorry. No, I agree. Say something? It's just, it, it, I think we have to, we we've allowed it to twist us and, and and that was kind of my hope that was the point i was thinking of when i was saying is that we we to our own detriment turned over those rocks oh those folks that got on those ships and sailed across the oceans to have liberty and freedom would cringe to see what we have allowed to take place in the name of religious liberty and freedom mm-hmm. that, that they would be appalled mm-hmm. To see what we are calling freedom. Yeah. Oh, it's just like it's funny. I watch um, the faces of our congregation when you talk about I love America, but I don't worship America, mm-hmm. you know, and everything. And you can just see people just kind of draw up because they don't want you talking about our country, mm-hmm. you know. And and but it's it's our country is not God, mm-hmm. you know. It is not yeah. sovereign, mm-hmm. you know. It's so we it is not it's certainly not infallible what? because it's run by a bunch we of men know, like, like Daniel and. And the other three, they were good citizens. Right. Mm-hmm. They were godly citizens. Mm-hmm. And we, as Christians, should be the most understanding, godly, you know, citizens that a nation has. Yet, just because you're patriotic does not mean you're a believer. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who love their country and serve their country and would do anything. And that's great, and I think we should. 
but that does not make you a born-again believer. Um, there's only one that saves, and it's Jesus. And his kingdom, his rule and reign, you know, supersedes the rule and reign of the United States. Right, absolutely. You know, of America, and I think, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, like you said, we've lost that. But on the good note, I want to say this because I've been thinking about it the whole time. You know, we're talking about we were, you know, some of us were raised in church, you know, We've had that biblical upbringing nearly our entire lives. But the, the good news is, I know at our church, you know, most of the, the people that we've been seeing converted over the last, you know, eight to ten years have been young adults, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you know, 20-something, 30-something, 40-somethings who they might have been taken to church on special occasions, but that was it. And, you know, we, we've been, you know, pouring into them and they've been coming to discipleship classes and Bible study and different things and all of a sudden you see the light click mm-hmm. in some of them. Wow, how my life used to be and I, I used to see nothing wrong with that. Right. And now I see that it was living totally contrary mm-hmm. to what a follower of Jesus Christ is. And to me, that is just a, a great moment, you know, mm-hmm. to see God is still raising up disciples, right. even in the Babylon slash Rome, we mm-hmm. find ourselves living in today. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That that's must why be we what, keep preaching, keep teaching, you know, and pouring yeah. into people. That's got to be what kept the um, early disciples fired up, yes. you know, to reach that Gentile world that they had been separated from, you know, because of their culture and their belief mm-hmm. and everything, but to be able to take Jesus to, the, to them. The earth. Mm-hmm. In Acts 17, so they were turning the world upside down, which I think they were turning the world right side up. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> turning the upside down world right. Mm-hmm. right side up, yep. So. That's, that's, it just, I guess it leaves you instead of in despair and hope, you know, and there's, there really is no need for us to be in despair. The Christian has no need for despair. We win. That's right. But we do need to see our world, but, to understand it so we can have a good sense of how we might help repair it or mm-hmm. help folks that are, floundering in it to to give a good understanding of how we got to where we are but we do do need to do so in a hopeful way and uh, you know to 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 be able to to to, because we are hope that is what what we are that's why we need to point our people out to people like Ravi Zachariah anything Mm -hmm. you watch him on YouTube because I mean they Mm -hmm. they teach you you know um, him and Frank Turk and you know even Lee Strobel you know Mm -hmm. case for Christ you know uh, there's just so many guys out there that and ladies that are gifted and you know, the area of apologetics, you know, right. being able to defend your faith. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, Frank Turk and uh, Norman Geisler mm-hmm. wrote the book, I, um, I Don't Have Enough Faith, have no faith, faith. to Be an Atheist. Yeah. And for the mm-hmm. first several chapters, didn't even bring up God in the equation. Mm-hmm. They were using science to prove that there's a creator. That's then all right. of a sudden, bam, you know, mm-hmm. they draw you in to show, you know. Yeah, that's a must read for most anybody, but especially for a young believer. We did our discipleship class yeah, one time. Yeah. Really good. That's a good, that apologetics is always good. We can we have to look up and do a little bit more into some broad-based topics because I don't think people realize how applicable. But, but they had to be good apologetics. Oh, yeah. To oh, yeah. know, mm-hmm. you know, they've been taken out of a culture they knew, and now they're put down in this culture, but mm-hmm. there was something they were taught, you know, either through the reading or oral tradition or whatever's mm-hmm. passed down to them that made them be the citizens they were in that that culture. That's right. Well, unfortunately, the time allotment that we've given us for every week, we don't want to lose anybody's attention span. So uh, we want to make sure we're concise and and um, use the resource of your time wisely. So, but this, I hope this makes. I know it. I know we could sit here and continue to talk and talk and talk, but uh, we we do have to come to a point at some 
at some stop or come to a stop at some point. So we ask you to um, send us your questions and join us every Sunday night where, um, as we go through these topics. I mean, the only way you, you, you can move through some of these topics is to do I discuss them mm-hmm. to, to really, I think that helps you flesh out your faith when, when you can have discussion about them and, and see things from a different point of view. But that being said, just a reminder, if you have questions, if you have subjects, things you want to hear us talk about, Drop us that email to our email address at abcworth1 at gmail.com. That's abcworth, the number one, at gmail.com. Um, I check that email address. We've got another person in our church who checks that. You can put it on our Facebook page if you want to. Um, send it to Jason and Laney. Um, give it to myself or, or um, dad as, as you see us out and about. But we look forward to having more discussions and uh, joining back with you next week. Thank you. So thank you for joining us with Truth Talk. If you'd like to email in questions, you can do that at abcworth1 at gmail.com. That's abcworth1 at gmail.com. Join us next time when we talk truth.